Welcome or welcome back to Tea and Tangents with Tara. Today we're here with Naomi. Yeah, <laughs> Naomi Americanized in yeah. parentheses. We just passed the holiday season, let's reminisce. Yeah, know? and it's snowing outside. Mm-hmm. We just took a tour around my town. Um, we had a big duck. Yeah, we, we saw it all. <laughs> Where they slaughtered ducks and sold <laughs> duck meat. <laughs> No, we went inside to this cute shop, and I was like, no, me, like, this will be so cute for you to see. Like, this is a landmark in our town. And she's like, okay, let's go in. Like, we'll buy a souvenir. We went in the shop, and the lady's like, yeah, like, we were built in 1931, and they slaughtered ducks in the back. She's like, we had a whole lot of them. We sold duck meat. I was like, okay. The ducks didn't disappear. They murdered them. Yeah, all the ducks are, the ducks are gone. They said they sold them, but um, in all honesty, they just probably came to, like, a market or something. <laughs> Poor ducks. And then we went to go see some goats. They were all in hiding because it was raining at the time we went out. It was raining. And um, it's now it's snowing. Even though the weather app says it's raining. Yeah, it says 100% chance of rain. And it's. And we're kind of hoping we get snowed in. Mm-hmm. That way I don't have to go to work, guys. I have work at 5 o'clock today. It's 1.37. I'm hoping a blizzard comes down <laughs> between those times and racks up enough snow that I don't got to go nowhere. I'm also hoping that. I'm not gonna lie. I've been secretly manifesting this snow on and off. <laughs> okay. I'm hoping that it snows hard enough that it cancels Monday because I got a 15 hour shift. <laughs> Imagine how hard it would have to snow to cancel urgent care. Not urgent care. For real. <laughs> I remember one time, um, I think there was a snowstorm probably like two years ago. And it, it snowed like it was a blizzard, but it happened in the middle of the night. So they didn't predict anything. And I literally, because the roads weren't even plowed. Yo, when I tell you, I literally drove, I slid my way to work that morning. I was literally, <laughs> I was like, I'm scared. The only thing that was really empty was the highways because those, those I feel like they melt because yeah. of the cars constantly driving And they also by. have salt that they spread. But no, like Sunrise Highway, full of snow. Okay, I was scared because at the time too, the undercarriage of my car was broken. Because I'm like, dear, lovely brother. Oh. And so it was kind of hanging a little bit. So that's just basically the plastic car on your, uh, on your car that protects, like, essentially all the vital organs of the car <laughs> from getting damaged and rusted. And um, it was broken, so it was hanging out a little bit. So because the snow was high enough mm-hmm. and my car is really low, it was just collecting the snow. So I was plowing the snow as I was driving. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm clearing the view for all my woes. <laughs> we haven't gotten, like, a good snow I mean, the holidays were different this year. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like this was the first Christmas, actually, in a few years that I felt that childhood, like, excitement. Let's talk about the 10-year-olds in Sephora. This past Christmas. With their gigantic ass Stanley's. <laughs> the, Dying for drunk elephant. Oh, my no, God. literally. Like, I think the 10-year-olds this year have been a different breed. Like, they're all about their little, like, like of Tasmans that look I, like hooves, right? I feel like they're just growing up so fast because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of it has got to do with TikTok. Because <laughs> half of the stuff and everything that's, like, the products that these kids find are all on TikTok. So I feel like social media is making them grow up. Because, like, how is there a 10-year-old putting on concealer? It's like, what do you have to conceal? <laughs> yeah. Hot take. I feel like skincare is not the worst thing in the world for a 10-year-old to pick up. But a full face the, of makeup is but, concerning. Yeah, a full beat is crazy. At ten years old, you're in fifth grade, right? Fourth grade, even. Girl, and I can you have a full beat. Really yeah. shave my arm. And then I feel like that develops insecurities in them super early. Mm-hmm. But like with the skincare, I feel like to an extent skincare is good. Skincare but then to the extent fun. they're taking it, like I don't know, I feel like they're getting 
Exposed like to products that are unnecessary. Very unnecessary. I feel like this is just the world's way of making more money. Yeah, it's Because a lot of the parents now don't say no. So it's like, mom, I want this. <sighs> Fine. Because it's like a lot of the, my friends, I'm 23 years old. A lot of my friends are on their third kid. And they're like three years old with iPhones. And I'm like, what the fuck do you need an iPhone for? Who are, Who are you calling? calling? <laughs> ring, 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 mm. Dora. Or even like the Christmas, wait, let me pull out my little cousin's Christmas list. Because ring, they're just ring. asking for things. They can that... call Bluey and be like, Bluey, come on right now. No, literally. Okay, so my <laughs> little Daddy cousin's shark? Christmas list was a fake drivable car, um, fancy rosin. Okay, I was like, okay, violin, like a violinist. Um, Hello Kitty or Spider-Man merch. Okay, I was like, okay. But then it's like, okay, Shein gift card. What are you buying from Shein? I guess, like, everything. I would love that $750 um, Shein gift card. The one they're always advertising. They're that always like, never fill get. out this survey and get $750. Put your social security number <laughs> and you can order Shein. <laughs> social security number. It's like, complete this survey and then virus in your computer. <laughs> and then another one that I saw almost every little kid's Christmas list was like, Dior lip oil. Why do you need, like, $50 Dior. lip Girl, oil? Girl, there's literally a, the same thing. It's called lip glow oil for a dollar on TikTok shop. <laughs> Dior lip glow oil is so expensive for no reason. Yeah, and also, like, at 10 years old, why do you need Dior? Like, I don't think as a 10-year-old... Right, like, I, don't I was know telling you able to say the girl that was on my TikTok yesterday, she was like, hold my Birkin and my Stanley Birkin. Birkin? Bitch, all my bags are from Shein. They're, like, $6. <laughs> and it's, like, for a Birkin for a 10-year-old? No, sweetheart. I don't know where you're breaking went. <laughs> She's like, that's running for the year. <laughs> and then pimple patches is also on her. What pimple, what pimple do you have? Right? Like, you're like 10. I feel like prepubescent, like you don't have pimples. So if you're below the age of 13, I don't think you need pimple patches. You haven't got the puberty yet. There's yeah. no pimples developing on your face. <laughs> Unless you have like chronic cystic acne. I don't know, I don't get it. Like, this is why I think the skincare thing is great. Because I feel like once you reach 13, the possibility of getting cystic acne and all of that, could understand. Mm-hmm. Back in our day, we just had to <laughs> raw dog it. <laughs> and even, like, with like from a healthcare perspective, like, skincare is important. Like, it's important to take care of your skin, mm-hmm. wear sunblock. But, like, do they need to be putting vitamin C oil on their face every day? I don't, I don't You don't so. have any wrinkles or any dark spots. Why do you yeah. need the vitamin C oil? Your skin <laughs> is already even, like... Yeah. Uh, you haven't given yourself any blemishes to pop yet to create the onions. And then also at 10 years old, I feel like it's developmentally important to, like, have toys and, like, play with toys. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, on their oh iPads. God, there was a controversy on TikTok about a mom. She is a very plain Jane. She's like a Kim Kardashian, essentially. Like the sad beige mom. Yes. So she essentially took a toy, like a Christmas tree from the child's plate, the brand, you know. Mm-hmm. And basically, scientifically, a lot of people were saying that, you know, kids need color. That's mm-hmm. why they make a lot of things that are kid-related so colorful because they need it. She basically took the toy and painted it to make it, like, the most dull colors ever. <laughs> and everybody was coming for her in the comments and, like, I kind of understand. Like, let kids be kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I miss being a kid. Because <laughs> there's this, like, idea that you have to force things into aesthetics and people are not aesthetics. Like, as, as tempting as it can be, like, to be, like, coquette or, like, like I get beige. you have a whole entire aesthetic of your life. But, like, I feel like even in Kim Kardashian, she doesn't make their rooms beige because i'm i'm think i'm pretty sure i saw one of their rooms at one point and there there's a majority of the furniture was white mm. but they had toys that had <laughs> imagine her painting a doll beige 
She's like, you can't have a face. <laughs> Who do beige dolls in this house? Give the person some space. Like, it's a toy. You're, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't get the point of that. Yeah, because then they're just glued to these iPads that... And then again, the iPads oh feed them these capitalist ideas yes. of, like, you need to buy this, this, and this from Sephora. Like, you need to mm-hmm. have drunk elephant. Right. I don't know if any... Like, if you know who Austin McBroom is. Yeah, I do, from the Ace family. He bought his kid a whole iPhone 15. And I'm like, why? And he was literally a toddler. He was, like, less... Wait, what's his name? Like, Steel or something? Yeah, Steel McBroom. Yeah. This is baby. And I'm like, bro, why would you buy... And I was like, oh, he's trying to put that baby to work. <laughs> He's like, he's like clock in, clock in. Here's your check, baby. Here you go. Start, start the TikToking. And then there's also like with with these influencer children. Like, where do you draw the line? Because they're really growing up in front of the camera. And yeah, mm-hmm. we've had that in the past with like child actors and actresses. But, but they're playing a character. Too. Yeah, they also have work like regulations. Mm-hmm. That's like, why they love the Olsen twins because they would switch out. Yeah. So they could like continue filming continuously without having to break because of the kid eating out. And they have labor regulations with these influencers. Their kids are around the clock, okay? And it's a lot of it is happening behind the camera. So their parents could be literally exploiting the kids and no one will ever know. The kids are just like casually making money for the parent. And it's so sad because the parent will more than likely really do it. Let's take Gypsy Blanchard for example. <laughs> oh, so her Gypsy- mom was the biggest cloud chaser of all time. She wanted all she of it. Was. And obviously we know like this did not end well for either Gypsy or her mother. I mean, um, Gypsy's ending out a little more better. How long was she in prison? She was for? in, I think, eight years. She got out early on good behavior um, parole or probation or something for good behavior. And now she's out and about, and people are getting tipsy for Gypsy. <laughs> like, people are going <laughs> so crazy over Gypsy Rose. I definitely feel like it's probably not going to last long. I feel like she's definitely going to have, she's going to take over, I guess, the month of January mm-hmm. for like being like. Because I feel like between her and Cat Williams, <laughs> they're like the two top um, topics of right now. Cat Williams basically dissing every comedian in the book and then Gypsy with her getting out of prison. But I feel like her fame is definitely not going to last long unless she finds a way to take social media. I feel like you can really make some good money off of social media that doesn't have to include you staying on social media because I feel like social media would be a good problem to start a business on because mm-hmm. it's easier to do your own marketing. You have to do this. You just have to find a platform and a community and you basically got it. You have to find your niche. Mm-hmm. Like if you can you can find that and find a way to like build because you can even make yourself your own company like your yeah. name. And because a lot of YouTubers do that, especially the ones that started way long back when they like trademarked their name, they made their name and everything like a whole business. That way they have stuff to go off on. Because then I like the idea of the people that use the platform to branch out into different things that can last them longer than social media. Because I feel like you can definitely get popular on YouTube, but it's like the way that you build the community that really gets you more further. Because there's a lot of YouTubers that I started and then just did die out. It's great. It's building those, like, parasocial relationships. Like, you want Mm -hmm. your viewers to feel like you're their friend. That's what happened with Emma Chamberlain. I love Emma Chamberlain. She's very relatable. Like she Exactly. And now she has like a different brand. She's branched out into other things. She's like more into the fashion industry and, now. But exactly. That's, that's what I like. Because there's this one, I'm not going to mention any names because he goes to gym. They constantly post the same content. Mm-hmm. And it's like at first it was great. Oh my God, I loved it. And then now she's getting repetitive. Mm-hmm. Like 
like give us a little something and you even know, even like, with lifestyle content it's like you come to a point where it's what else can you create mm-hmm. like like vloggers a lot of the time that's when they started doing that ridiculous like the ridiculous outlandish shit to like get the yeah views. like oh my god i jump off what and then it's like the thumbnail that's crazy mm-hmm. the video is just like so plain because <laughs> there's just like how many days in your life can you record and mm-hmm. then at that's point, why the daily vlogging i don't think i would do because that's a lot it's because no only does vlog she I does do. vlog and we vlogged together before yes and- i'm just not consistent <laughs> <laughs> but it's i think it's really fun you have good editing skills and you like consistency really is the key to anything consistency is key yeah that's the thing though that's like another thing is that i don't want it to seem like a job because i enjoy doing it mm-hmm. but a lot of the people that are in that industry are, are like already because i know some content um creators and they're just like you know sometimes it just becomes tedious because you have to constantly post yeah. constantly and then like let's say you're not proud of the content that you are you have to keep it up yeah because like any view is a good view so and it's, it's like garbage uh, in garbage out like you're not right. producing good content at that point mm-hmm. it's just keeping everything fresh keeping everyone entertained i feel like if you really have the personality for it you can really go really far with it it's just it really depends i think like it really all just comes down to consistency I feel like AI is going to change the way that people make content, though, because sometimes, like, for example, there's this one channel, Ross Creations, Mm -hmm. and they do, like, the most, like, random things. Like, like, they'll be, like, like let, me, let me look up examples. Do you know who Poppy is? Yes, I do know who Poppy is. Like, that was creepy. Yeah, that Um, was very creepy. A little Michaela. I'm pretty sure My partner likes Poppy, but she's very... It was weird. But she's, like, a real person that, like, performs and stuff. Yeah, but... I know. I've seen her, like, out of the... she's So she's an actress, actually. So mm-hmm. she plays the role of Poppy. Yeah. And she's completely different in person. I'm like, oh, my God. They made you creepy. And it's, like... Okay, so with, like, the vlog creations, or, like, it's also called Ross Creations, like, one of their things, their most recent videos, is super gluing a pickle jar lid and asking buff guys to open it. Like, they come up with all these really creative ideas, like, switching elevator buttons, praying from, like, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And they execute them in public, but... How many, at what point does the creative machine stop working? And mm-hmm. I think that's where AI starts to pick up because, like, you're like, okay, I literally chat GPT, had, what can I do? I was like, chat GPT, write me up an email requesting raise. An email? <laughs> and I, I think, literally made me the email. It, like, wherever I needed to include, like, a name or a mm-hmm. specific thing, it would just, like, insert here or something like that. And it was so great because I have the email saved <laughs> yep. in case I need to send it to my manager. <laughs> With chat GBT, like, I think it's great for things like that. Like, for email, like, I even use it for, like, editing email drafts. Or mm-hmm. if you get feedback on your writing, like, you can ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. You could ask it to help you do more formal writing style, just like Grammarly. Like, Grammarly mm-hmm. is AI, too. Yeah. But I think there comes a problem when, like, you try to ask it for accurate information, and it can't provide that. Because mm-hmm. it can only provide up to a certain point. I'm pretty sure. It'll didn't, it like, up. somebody ask it to, like, write a whole screenplay, and it did it? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure people have, but like, like if like some college students try to ask it to write papers, for example, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't have information, it'll fill in that gap like by like making it up almost, and then making up a source for it. Mm. So it's like you have to be oh, really careful about misinformation. Yeah. But it's really good for emails and Girl, things like that. I used to copy and paste from Wikipedia. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, we said back in the day. Listen, back in my day, the majority of my papers were all plagiarized. Okay. D- disclaimer, we don't condone cheating. <laughs> no, stay in not, school, not kids. Stay in school. Um, yeah, but no, I, I definitely... Definitely finesse a paper. But the thing is that mine wasn't, like, word for word plagiarized. Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would read 
And then I would somehow reword it in my head and I'd be like, yeah. all right, I can run with this. I can. And people use AI to do that now, which I think is crazy. And I'm not sure how like education is going to change because of AI. Like mm-hmm. I know in my um, like graduate papers and stuff, like they'll put like, make sure you don't use AI. And like, of course I won't. I wouldn't risk that. But like, how, how do you check tell? it on like math homework? How do you check that people aren't using AI to like get around loopholes and homework? Mm-hmm. Like there's always going to be technology that's advancing to like, do yeah, things, like, like especially like during a pandemic when everything was remote, yeah. I don't even know nobody cheated, but I'm pretty yeah. sure a majority of like everyone cheated. Like there's all these things right now that are taking away from the development of young people, like whether it be like these like ten year olds in Sephora or like the development of AI, and it's really important to like hone that in to mm-hmm. actually help them and like take this interest like they have an interest in ai like needs to start in schools i think i saw a video one time where they were saying that america has like the worst education system on the planet and i i 100 believe it because how is the same education system since like 1932 still around in 2023 (laughs) yeah like i think our education system functions around this model of like the teacher being of like a pre like a a speaker like a lecturer and the students being listeners and like Mm -hmm. i think classroom models that have like fishbowl learning for example like where everyone's like contributing and participating are more effective than just like mm-hmm. sitting and listening to a teacher but also everyone yeah. has different learning styles yeah and i think i liked there was this high school in um it's a compound island city high school in new york and it was it was i what i found so great about that school is that it offered different programs mm-hmm. so there was a cooking program there was a humanities and arts program there was a science program there was like, the, I love the culinary program. Like, they had a full-blown, like, restaurant kitchen. Wow. You literally got everything. Like, it was great. I love the teacher. Um, like, they had humanities and agriculture. So, like, if you wanted to go into, like, a hotel type of business, they had all of that. I love that. But that school, for some reason, was seen as such a bad school. And I don't get why. I feel like had it had the funding that it was to, like, keep it really good, it would stay really good. And I feel like every kid would enjoy it. It was a really nice school. Like, they really focused on the arts. They focused on sports. Because they feel like a lot of some schools, they focus more on sports than they do on, like, any arts or programs. So it cuts people out, and it makes them feel inferior. And I feel like that schools also don't help kids in confidence. Yeah. Because, like, you base them off on a test, but, like, like you said, not everyone learns the same. It's like that, that metaphor of, like, um, if you test everyone the same, like testing a fish to climb a tree, like you're not gonna like yeah, see their true. That's abilities. like a dog, a monkey, and let's say a cat. Okay, the cat and the monkey might get up the tree, but the dog, I'm gonna tell you that motherfucker's gonna struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like what? No, I don't think I think that they definitely need to start in schools and kind of cater to it i know it's probably going to be hard to cater to an individual child but at least group them in ways that they can learn the same yeah because i'm a visual learner so if you basically just give me verbal instructions i'm not going to get shit done i'm probably going to finesse it and try and get it done but it's definitely not like for the example um like i have a really good long-term memory but my short-term memory is terrible so if you give me a pop quiz from something we learned yesterday, I'm definitely not going to pass it. But if you give me, like, the midterm from what we learned all year, I'm probably going to do better on that one than I am going to do on a pop quiz. Don't pop quiz me. That's... And you have a valuable perspective because you've been to a lot of different schools. So you've experienced a lot mm-hmm. of different ways of teaching and learning. Yeah. It was weird. What would you say was the most course. beneficial thing, like, a teacher ever did for you? Uh, my BOCES teacher, actually. He didn't focus um, more on academics, but he focused more on um, life. 
like um he was basically leaving it giving it to you straight because most teachers are like you're gonna need this in college and all your college teachers are gonna be so hard on you meanwhile your college teachers are like yeah class is canceled today you know <laughs> if you want to come you can so it's like they scare you to think that it's like oh my god this is gonna be super hard but then it's like college college professors are literally like <laughs> i feel like the most chill adults ever because yeah. they, they make them seem like they're going to be 10 times harder because there's high school teachers that take their job a little too seriously and then there's college professors that are like yeah you because at that point you're an adult so you're responsible for your own education yeah so that's what i mean and then it's like i can't remember the last time i used the the pythagorean theorem <laughs> And so it's just like they didn't really teach me anything valuable except my BOCC teacher because he was like listen your best bet it's not even college is your networking mm-hmm. like the more you network about whatever talent that you feel like you have and that you're good at that's when it gets you through life because the degree not really because there's about probably 50% if not more of the people that go to college that don't use the degree yeah so it's like what's there's the point? and there's a lot of people that get a degree but don't like go into a different profession mm-hmm. and i think like, without how, a degree yeah like, they'll go into a completely different profession that had nothing to do with what they went to school for without the degree and they'll be more 10 times more successful that way than they were had they used a degree but i also think that there's a differentiation between like the value of education and its application to life like mm-hmm. i think you can value application like value education and think that, you know, this is making me a more well-rounded person. This is mm-hmm. improving my life experience. But also, it might not apply to your career. Mm-hmm. And it's important to differentiate that for students. Like, what are their goals? Are their goals to learn career-oriented things? Do they want to become a more well-rounded? Like, mm-hmm. See, like, yeah, I think if, like, if a child's course um, in life or their plan is to be like, I want to be an educator or I'm going to be a doctor, I think the school-wise thing probably helped them more than someone who's like, wants to become a filmmaker i feel like that's so completely pointless because it's more so the experience because even while you're in school and you're in that major like acting classes or anything like that it's more so the experience Mm -hmm. than having to learn any technique Mm -hmm. it's having to actually be there and do it then instead of like having to go to school and learn all the bones in the body right so it's that like hands-on learning Mm -hmm. for certain educations or certain aspects of I guess, different um, career paths. I feel like the education should change to mold it to the career path mm-hmm. instead of being like, yeah, you just got to learn a couple terms. It's like, what's the point? I'm like, losing my money. Right now, you have years of experience being like, um, like a medical assistant mm-hmm. in the front, and now you're learning like the back end of being a clinical medical assistant. And I feel like you're learning a lot of it hands-on. Like, you went to the class. You did your time. Mm-hmm. You finished your class. I went to jail. You did your time. <laughs> She, she did the craft at the time, but, like, she did her time, and you put in your experience, and now that it's time to practice your, your medical practice, mm-hmm. you're learning hands-on. Like, for example, me, like, I'm still learning how to draw blood. Like, I've done it on a fake arm, but really what I need to do is practice on mm-hmm. people. Ask as, Nicole. She'll as, be ready. She'll be like, I'm ready. <laughs> Shop with Nicole. She's a real one. Right. But like, as sinister as that sounds, like, practice is mm-hmm. important. And I feel like, true, because, like, for me, I don't really have a degree in anything medical field but I feel like starting in the medical field just given me opportunities yeah. and overall especially because um it's all hands-on and they're so willing to teach you yeah it's very easy to learn and guys like with the whole medical assistant background I could become a phlebotomist I can yeah. try and go into radiology I can 
become a nurse if I wanted to. There's so much. I think there's a misconception that you have to go to like doctorate school to be in the medical field or that you have to like have a master's degree. You really can start at a lot of different points in the medical field. You can start as a front desk and somehow end up becoming a physical assistant. Like it's, and, and what makes it great too is the doctors themselves, they can give you that letter that gets you either into the medical program or into nursing school like you need a stepping stone mm-hmm. yeah that's why i said that's the best advice that i ever got from a teacher was the whole networking because i feel like if you have people like when i wanted to go into neurosurgery mm-hmm. because my mom was a manager um in the primary care there was a bunch of doctors was like yo you need a recommendation letter for any schools like i got you i didn't know this person my mom's just yet <laughs> me wanting to become a neurosurgeon. But when you it. have people, people that can speak on your character and speak on like how you are as a person, mm-hmm. that helps with getting to that next step. Like yeah. you have to really show who you are as a person. And that's what the teacher ended up telling me. He was like, "Listen, for instance, if you're really good at editing, for example, mm-hmm. for me, he's like, um, and you edit for a friend, right? And they're at some run event that you're not even in, right? And they're some one of their friends is like, hey, I need somebody to like." edit my wedding video like I have nobody and they're like oh my god I know just the person Naomi's really good at editing I got you I'll give you your information and then that way if you do a good for them the person that you made the wedding video he's gonna start putting your name out there yeah because then if he shows anybody and be like oh my god this is really good like who did it your name's gonna come up yeah and then you just have to be really good at your craft and you know kind of have confidence in yourself to like branch I love that term like your craft like working on your craft is mm-hmm. so valuable at anything everybody has something that they're good at yeah and I feel like once you really get good at it like if you're really passionate about it because I feel like a lot of people get discouraged at some point mm-hmm. um but if you just keep going at it I feel like a lot of people would have such a better life yeah Something that I've like come on recently into the past like few years is that you like I don't know something yet or that mm-hmm. I won't be able to do it yet. But like with experience, you will. Like with flying planes, for example, like I had to learn how to do a pre-flight expe- um, mm-hmm. inspection in pilot school. And like something when I started, I was like, "What is this?" I was like, "Buttons." I was like, "I know that's a wing. <laughs> I know, I know that's the the propeller. I think." <laughs> But I was like, propeller. I don't know how to check it. Like, is I was a like, propeller on a boat. I was, I was like, how do you? How do, <laughs> there's a propeller on my plane. <laughs> but I was like, how do you? How do you check that? And right. now I'm able to go through it myself and mm-hmm. realize, you know, how do I check this? How do I know that this is working? Mm-hmm. And I can do the pre-flight inspection by myself now. But if you had told me like a few months ago that I could do that, mm-hmm. you know, I would have believed you because I would have said, you know, I don't know how to do this yet, but I will mm-hmm. because it really just takes work. Yeah. That's the thing though, practice too. And I feel like that the gym has taught me as well too, is that you can like not forget to use something, but um, like for me, for my Spanish, mm-hmm. it was my first language. Right now you probably wouldn't be able to tell that I spoke Spanish as the first language. So I was like, like, I had to start to telling myself, like, hey, you know, it's a muscle. Your whole brain yeah. is a muscle. Right now, my Spanish muscle is weak. I just got to keep working at it. Exactly. So the more I keep talking, the more I keep trying to talk to people or understand them, I feel like it's going to come back. And it'll be like I never forgot. Um, it just takes work and the willingness to actually put the work in to get it back in there. Yeah. Um, so I feel like even if you lost it. You still got it. Yeah. I think I told yeah. somebody that I was talking to this one guy who was going through it. And I was like, he was like, I just want to find my shine again. I want to get it back. And I was like, it's already. Yes. You just what gotta, you're looking you for. You just got to grind it up a little bit. <laughs> and ever since then, he's like, girl, 
that car talk <laughs> every day. Think about it all the time. And I'm like, great, I'm good. Good. Yeah, I feel like people just need to <clears throat> shut the world out sometimes. I feel like we have a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. We're very opinionated beings. Um, and we like to just, I guess, shove our opinions down people's throat. And I feel like that's what discourages a lot of people to do a lot of stuff. Because yeah. I have to tell my brother a lot of that, too, because he's a little bit older. Um, and a lot of people are always like, oh, I'm not doing good enough. Like, I want to be good. What makes you think that, like, as a 23-year-old, this isn't good? Yeah. Where's the handbook? Where does it say this is not where you're like, supposed what? to be at? There's so, like, no gold standard right. for where you're supposed to be at any there point There are people, life. like, that are in their seven. Vera Wang, for example, she's 70, okay? And she's still <laughs> kicking, like, majority of the people be like, get 70, retire, like, go somewhere. Like, why are you still working? She's kicking it. Right. She's still kicking it. She's still making that bad. Or in a winter? Woo. Okay. Period. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people, because there's somebody who became an actress, like, very late in their life, like, in their 60s. And I'm like, girl, you can do it in your 60s. Yeah. Opportunity is endless. Okay? I went to class with, like, Mm 50-year-olds in college. Like, there's not a single book that's telling you, this is where you should be at at this specific time. This is what you should be doing at this specific time. Live your life. Who cares? Every day above ground is a good day. Period. Pitbull said that. Yeah. (laughs) Remember that. Ah, what a good word. He had the best quotes of my life. He's been there and done that. Okay, period. He's listening. He said, my man gonna be late about a week ago. But I got enough to get up in this club. <laughs> Yo, I can't believe I felt that so bad. It's giving time. recession music. I played that, like I replayed it so much because I was behind on rent and I was on my way to the club. I was like, listen, he ain't tell a lie. <laughs> <sighs> That's that's funny. Mm-hmm. He said, I might tell a joke, but I ain't tell a lie. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, I feel like I just, throughout, like, the last couple of years, especially after the pandemic, I've just tried to, like, enjoy life. Because I used to really stress about things that happened that would be, like, so far in the future. It was just like, why am I worrying about way. it? I'm stressing myself twice. Yeah, I feel like as a teenager, like, I would ca- I would have this, like, life plan set out that I thought I would follow so strictly. Like, do this mm-hmm. in two years, do this in three years, do this in... But now that I'm at a point where I've, like, accomplished some of my goals and, like, mm-hmm. I'm at a point where I'm, like, still looking forward to more goals, as mm-hmm. are you, like, I'm like, okay, it's okay to take it at my own pace because mm-hmm. wh- who is to tell me what pace I'm life. supposed to take it at? Right. Exactly. She's like, listen, if I want to take three years to actually accomplish something with my life, I'm going to take three years to actually accomplish with my life. If I want to hop off and just decide to move to Brazil, I'm going to move to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Announcement. Naomi's going to Brazil. <laughs> She's a Brazilian queen now. I'm going to Rio de Janeiro. She said she's learning Portuguese. Because <laughs> I think I was telling Lex, too. Because she was like, oh, like I'm so disappointed in myself. I didn't accomplish anything that I did, like, that I wanted to accomplish. And I'm like, technically, you kind of did. Because she wanted to have a business. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to start her own, like, um, brand. Mm-hmm. And she didn't end up doing it. Like, I think she started it, but she never, like, really committed to it. But then she also um, had just become a um, fitness director at Onyx. So I was telling her, because she was like, I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. Like, it's just, you know, it makes me feel disappointed in myself. I was like, technically, you also didn't see yourself as a manager. So... You may end up with goals you didn't even realize you had. But I told her, I was like, technically, I feel like the universe worked out in your favor. Because she wasn't a manager before she started um, the brand. So now you have the manager background, so you know what works throughout somebody else's company, working through their company and seeing what works for their company, what doesn't work, what 
can bring your company up, what can bring it down, how to hire employees. So now you have the manager background to make sure you start with a steady base. Because had she started without the manager background, I feel like her company probably would have plummeted and she would have to start over anyway. Right. So it's like you have to kind of see it that way. And then she also has like big goals. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of the year, I want to have my company ready. How about we start a little bit smaller? You know, yeah. by the end of like the six months of the year, I want to have like the company name. Mm-hmm. I want to have like, you know, um, a plan like programs on because I think she wants to do like a fitness company. So she's like, I want to have the program turned down. I was like, okay. So like for the first two months, make your goal to have the programs and the name down. So once you get that down, you're like, okay, next step. So you, because I think I learned this from my friends. It's like making smart goals, right? Smaller goals to reach a bigger one. Yeah. Because then if you come, if you kind of just go off and be like, just be like, my goal is the bigger goal. The bigger goal is like, it's less likely that you're going to do it because you didn't put down steps. And you were thinking more about the bigger picture, which then you know it's gonna stress you out because you're gonna be like, oh my god, I have so many things to get down and done instead of being like, okay, first two months, the goal is just the name and the programs. The next two months, we're gonna do the logo and you know the website because there's so much. There's like so much because I think we were trying to start a podcast too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called uh, One Thought at a Time. I think it was called because it was more like ADHD because she had yeah. narcolepsy and I had ADHD, which could apparently go hand in hand. I didn't say. But yeah, so we were kind of telling each other because we tend to get really overwhelmed with a lot of things. Like, like I said, I was trying to stress myself out with too many things, like thinking too far ahead and thinking instead of thinking in the moment. Um, so that's what I started doing. Uh, so I started like making, breaking down the goals and also breaking down my life to yeah. like, because I feel like you look at the bigger picture, you're like, damn, I didn't end up where I wanted to be at like 23 years old. But then you look back at her and like, for me, especially the apartment, I didn't see the apartment at the time as a really big accomplishment. But then the more I tell people about how I literally lived in a bedroom and homeless at some point, it's like, wow, I'm yep. here. I have a kitchen, my own space. Like, that it. was my main thing. It's like, I can't wait to have a kitchen. Like, I just want my own apartment, like a full apartment, not just a bedroom. Yeah. And now I'm here and it's just like, it seems so little because I have it now. But me, like two years ago, I would have been like, wow, she really did that. Like, she got a whole apartment. And she's paying for it by herself. Like, that's crazy. So you just have to look at yourself and, like, a couple years before and where your mind was at, like, where you wanted to get to. Because, like, you wouldn't see yourself here today. You're like, I don't you can know. always compare yourself to where you were. But you can't compare mm-hmm. yourself to others because that's a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. It's different resources, different goals. Like, Literally you might everything. have a different life path. Mm-hmm. So I, you, you do really good for yourself with that mindset. I have because you are accomplished Mm -hmm. and there's no reason to feel like you aren't Mm -hmm. but that's the thing though that's a lot of the things that my ex kind of put into perspective for me because he was looking at me and he thought I wasn't doing anything useful with my life meanwhile I felt like I was literally trying my hardest to just survive at the time because it's like he was helping me with small things like he would offer me a meal every once in a while and all of that but at the end of the day I still was paying my rent I'm still paying for my car insurance I still any inconvenience that I had I just had to depend on myself so I was asking him because he was telling me that I wasn't supporting him or pushing him enough to like do stuff with his life. But then at the same time, it's like, I can only be emotional support. Right. You know, I don't have the money. I don't have anything big to be like, oh, here, you want to start a business? Here's a thousand dollars. Go ahead. Have fun. Do whatever you want with that money. I didn't. All I can be was the emotional support. So then I was telling him, I was like, you know, you 
weren't emotional support for me, not the best either, because you criticized everything I did. So it's just like, he put that in perspective because then he started kind of shitting on my little successes. Like, you know, he basically came from a background where it was like, everything was handed to him. Like, he didn't really struggle. He saw the struggle because the rest of his family did, but his parents made sure he was, he came up in a, the good way. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> so he didn't know that. So at the time when he was telling me that I wasn't doing anything useful with my life, in his head, it was me not going to school to, like, get a proper career. Me not working six jobs to make sure that I'm able to, like, pay my way through life. I didn't want to do that. I spent my whole life inside. Yeah. I'm trying to have fun now, you yeah. know? Like, I've spent from the age of probably, like, 10 to, like, 18 years old, cooped up in a house right. with very little contact to my friends. I kept moving constantly. Like, it was suffocating so now i don't want to get six jobs so i'm suffocating yet again having to wake up work seven days a week and have only one day off to myself if that because when i was working at my regular job before the urgent care i was picking up shifts after my regular shift to work till 10 so then i had to get up at 7 a.m to go to work pick up a shift afterwards i had no free time yeah i have absolutely no free time that's no way to live like you're really surviving right that's really just surviving i was like i don't want to do this and he would never understand that because i would tell him i was like i don't want to work a second job like i i get that you might want to because you had to live your teenage years your college like you got to party through that i didn't yeah you just never understand that so then after when he was telling me i wasn't doing anything for me i just stay quiet because like what do you want me to say he was like do you have anything to say what am i gonna tell you that you're wrong because clearly you made your opinion me telling you that you're wrong is not gonna do anything so i was like at that point i just started thinking about the things that i accomplished in my life because i really it took me a second of repeating this story mm -hmm. to people of him basically telling me that i wasn't doing anything useful with my life to really put it in perspective of the things that i had done for myself because i did it for myself because even my brother thinks that i got everything handed to me on a silver platter i'm just more responsible than you are and i'm reliable that's the problem because i have sent my my brother so many angels so many people to help him and every single one of them came back and said bro i can't help your brother and i was like you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped either exactly so that was at that point i just <laughs> oh my gosh i just looked outside i just looked outside and I think I just like, like my soul left my body for a second. There's, there's snow. It's sticking. Everywhere. It's sticking. It's no more. So no, it doesn't have to leave. Right. <laughs> See, I manifested that it would come back. <laughs> but you really can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. So I think you can do your best, mm -hmm. but you can't force somebody's hand. It took me a long time to actually figure that out too, because I'm a very empathetic person. So... I felt bad for my brother because at some point he was homeless mm -hmm. and I wanted to help him, but there was not much that I can do. It's the same thing for my mom. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to help you, but there's like not much that I can do myself. Like I, I barely am like struggling to take care of myself without your help. Like relax. I can't yeah. help multiple people, but like barely help myself. So I had to learn that too with my brother. Um, Cause I was basically, essentially I became his mother yeah. for like, a really long time and then it got to the point where I was like yo what's good with your brother what's good with your brother do I look like his parent why y'all asking me like I don't know <laughs> ask him if he doesn't answer then that's not my problem like <laughs> he's not my child yeah why am I worried about him and it's supposed to be the opposite way he's supposed to be taking care of me yeah he's the older sibling. right so I feel like the older sibling and it's always been like that my brother's just been a little slow and honestly I blame myself that I did drop a tv on him 
<laughs> I heard about this at work, <laughs> but I never get the story. When did you drop a CD on him? It was I'm back in the homeland, back in Ecuador. Oh yeah, guys, I'm a foreigner, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was back in Ecuador. Um, we were uh, getting ready for something, and my mom had this dresser. It wasn't like a wooden dresser. It was um made out of like plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had like a huge box, one of them bulky TVs. Yeah. <laughs> on top of it, and my mom left the door open because she of the dresser part. She left the door open because she was looking for some clothes for my brother. I guess she was trying to get him ready or me ready. One of us. She was trying to get one of us dressed. <laughs> and I decided that it would be smart to go on the door and hang on it. So when I hung on it, it tilted <laughs> the TV, dropped, and it fell on my brother's head. <laughs> oh, the TV break? I'm assuming yes. No, girl, them TVs were sturdy back then. <laughs> they were sturdy as The TV didn't break his head, did I think he did start bleeding. I also dropped the iron on his leg, so it's okay. Damn, he was just he, out here breaking up this poor boy. I say a lot of the things that he, I did to him, but girl, was not, he did a lot to me, too. <laughs> I think, so me and my brother, my mom put us in military school when we were little. What? Wait, I've never heard of this. Yeah, okay. we went to military school. Um, Like, we had the full-on get-up, like, the military boots, military outfit, the big you? bomber because- jacket. I was probably less than five years old. But I guess and they have that in Ecuador, like military school for little child. Like, is it like ROTC type thing or? I think so. Okay. Um, Go on though. But yeah, we had it on the full getup. Like our uniform was the combat boots, the cargo pants, the big bomber jackets, and the the little hats. And in our gym clothes was like the normal matching military tracksuit. So, so they're training five year olds for the military. Essentially, too. Like wow. we were doing about face and everything, girl. Like wow. we was doing push ups and everything. Okay, <laughs> no wonder you're an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, one day we were home from school, and my brother still was in his military, like his military era, but whatever. And he was playing these themes. Um, Back in Ecuador, I think they were called tassels. Yeah. But they were like these little flat things, like flat circular things. Um, and then you would hit them and you try to get them to flip over. Like you would have one in here, you have one on the floor that's flipped over, and then you would try and hit it and get it to flip over. So one time he was asking me to play with him, and I was like, no, I don't want to play with you. I don't want to play with you. He got so mad at me, like from the floor, and I'm standing. He literally just, <laughs> yeah, I started gushing blood oh out of my God. nose i've never seen so much panic i guess i was in shock because i didn't cry i was kind of just watching my brother in shock trying to wipe all the blood coming out of my nose <laughs> and then tossing it out the window because he didn't want my mom to see so we had like a window that was like broken mm-hmm. and he just started throwing it outside and it technically just landed on the roof <laughs> but yeah no my brother me and my brother tormented each other when we were little it's so funny oh my gosh i feel like me and my sisters never like physically fought for the most part but like my my twin sister Teresa, like something she would do when we were younger would she like hit herself and then be like oh tara hit me or she would like throw herself on the ground and be like oh my god so we pushed me off the chair and she started crying <laughs> or she'd be like she'd yank her own seatbelt and be like tara's yanking my seatbelt oh, or like i'm like girl I'm or she would girl. hit me and be like tara hit me my girl you hit me <laughs> eventually over the years my parents like figured out what was happening but it's just siblings, man, I guess. Yeah, there was this baby just... I saw a, baby, a video of a baby mm-hmm. conflicting... Well, just, like, inflicting pain on himself. On <laughs> themselves, because they just 
they grab their hair. Yeah, when they're and they, they wouldn't let like, go. <laughs> <laughs> and the baby's like bawling his eyes out. Like, dude, you're hurting yourself. Let it go. Yeah, oh my gosh, kids don't know how to regulate their emotions yet. Mm-mm. That's another thing that like I don't have the patience for that. That's why I don't want. It. I don't have kids. I can mm. barely regulate my own emotions. <laughs> okay. Oh no, child. It's important to know that though, because like, if you know that like, hey, like maybe the kids are not for me, then like. If you do decide to no, adopt under kids, I just that's why I definitely thought about it because there was a lot of people who were like, you never know, you never know you can get with the right person. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Last person I wanted kid was my ex. Glad that didn't happen. Um, because that was, ties you to a person forever. Yeah, that part. I'm just glad I'm gay now. <laughs> <laughs> no kids having it here, sweetheart. But you know, you could be gay. Where's my mic? You could be gay and still have kids. Fun fact, women can impregnate themselves with their own bone marrow, and you can produce a female offspring. I wonder, yeah, and I wonder if that's actually ever been done. I know it's been done experimentally, but, mm-hmm. like, because then it would literally be a genetic yeah, clone of yourself. also fucking male birth control. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, a man was going to take that. They barely like condoms. <laughs> Let alone actual birth control. I would love to see that, though, because men are so emotional. Imagine them on birth control. Oh, my goodness. Men claim they're not emotional, but they really are. I feel like some of them are more emotional than women. Yeah, like who started all those ancient wars for the most part? Men. Mm-hmm. Well, men, because men run an ego and mm-hmm. power, which is that. Because sometimes you can see it in relationships, too. Like some, some men really like, they'll let the woman dominate, which is great. Like I don't, I think women should have all power. <laughs> and he's like, women should rule the world. I honestly we think it would world. be a better place. If women rule the world, because I they think that women are too emotional or too, like, empathetic to run the world. But there is some cold-ass females out there, okay? I think it's important, like, for, like, women as a, a gender role, right? Like, mm-hmm. the gender role of women is to be empathetic and to be motherly and nurturing. And I think that men could have a gender, like, that trait, gender trait, Definitely. if they chose to. Mm-hmm. Or if they were raised that way or if society allowed them to be that way. But I think it's more so these gender roles that are constricting mm-hmm. how men act and, and how women act. And societal norms. Yeah. Like, there's some dads that are literally like, men don't cry. You don't cry? That's or I've seen like, as, as like, a medical practitioner, provider, clinician, you see dads that come in with their kids and they don't know their kid's birthday. At all. Or, that is so sad. Yeah. That's why sometimes I'm like, is mom available? Because you're not used yeah, to it right Yeah, or now. they don't know their medical history. They don't know if their kid has allergies, how old their child is. And it's like... They literally go up front. <laughs> I'm like, what's the date of birth? What's your birthday? <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? Yo, that's what I'm going to do to my... wrong kids, but they be like, oh, sorry, I have more than one child. <laughs> I do that to my dad all the time. Oh, I would make him feel so guilty for that shit, bro. Every time we go to the doctor, they'd be like, oh, what's the patient's date of birth? I'm like, I'm looking to die. You go ahead. Go ahead. Don't be shy. He was like, May 14th. Wrong child. Wrong kid. <laughs> wrong one. I was like, you think that I've been here for 16 years and you still don't have my birthday? I would make him feel so bad. It's just like, or like, at least make an effort. I don't know. There's like you don't know what. There's some dads that are like really in tune. To. I think it's important for both parents to have a voice mm-hmm. because you know, as both your child. Yeah, it's always so funny though when they like come in with a grandparent, right? And then grandparent, you're like, "Oh, your grandma." I was like, "Is mama available?" She's like, "No, she's in rehab." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Do you want <laughs> the sharing? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
I'm like, Rita, what's the tea? Are you the guardian? But it's like some of the grandparents that come in, just like, what do you need her for? She's a little guardian. You could literally be a stranger. And I could lose my job. Wait, let's record our outro because this tea is to get it too good. Right? Okay. Naomi, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time thank and your passion with talking about this. Thank you. I try. <laughs> As always, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.